And welcome once again to another edition of A Plain Answer here at Redeemer Broadcasting. I'm Dan Elmendorf. On the phone line with us today is Jonathan Landry Cruz. He's author of a new book, The Christian's True Identity, What It Means to Be in Christ. And Jonathan serves as pastor of Community Presbyterian Church in Kalamazoo, Michigan. Uh, Jonathan, it's an honor to have you on with us today. Well, thanks so much for having me, Dan. I was reading just a little bit about you, and I went to your church's website, and I also noticed, uh, besides writing this book, you also write hymns, so uh, you're a busy man. <laughs> um, I I wanted to talk a little bit about this book, though, today, and uh, it's, it, yeah, it's a new book. Um, the um, I believe there's like 10, maybe 10 chapters or whatever in the book. Uh, maybe you can describe your book to us. Uh, how did it? First of all, how did it come about? What uh, What was the reason for writing this book? Uh, yeah, I'd be happy to. Um, yeah, you're right. It's, uh, ten Ten chapters. Uh, it's not a big book, and so those are the kind that I can read. Little <laughs> little books. <laughs> Me and, too. Uh, yeah, practical books. Hopefully, others will find that appealing as well. And yeah, maybe in a little bit we can walk through uh, the chapters and how they're structured, but. In terms of the overall um, idea and impetus for the book, uh, a book about identity and uh, the Christian's identity, um, it came out through several different um, avenues, I suppose. Uh, One was um, a fascination I always had, um, as as I can remember, once I became a more serious uh, reader of the scriptures, a fascination I always had with Paul's use of that little phrase, in him, or in Christ, or in the Lord, and uh, just how often he would use that, and all the things that that I, and Christians in general, would, would be able to glean from that phrase for really what it means to be a Christian, and how it really all is um, tied up in that idea of, of being in Christ, of being united to Christ. And so I, I remember... Um, before I before I became a pastor, thinking at some point I would want to do a, a sermon series looking at well-known in him phrases from from Paul's epistles. Uh, so that's how this this book began. It was it's a sermon series that I did uh, two summers ago, uh, looking at what it means to be in Christ. And so you know there there are well-known passages that that. Um, that begin each chapter, that, that are the foundation for each chapter. Uh, Romans 8, 1, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ, for example, um, or a chapter on election that says that um, God chose us in him before the foundation of the world. So these, these verses that we're familiar with people and um, also simple, I thought, to, to grasp, we can, we can get that, that sentence, you know. He chose us in him, but that's something I can wrap my mind around, something I can memorize easily, but let's unpack it. So I did a sermon series two summers ago that, that then um, developed into this book. But the other, the other thing that really drove me to this subject, Dan, and, 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 and drove me to, to want to put it into book form was how personally um, enriching and edifying it was for me to bask in the idea that I'm not my own, um, but I belong uh, to my faithful Savior, both in life and in death. Um, there are so many areas in my life where 
where I'm, I'm comparing myself to others or, or I'm, I'm disappointed with myself because of my sin or different shortcomings. And, and all of that is, is a problem of finding my identity in, in me and in, in what I do. And so it was something I needed. I, I needed to, to be reminded um, of what it means to be a Christian, of what it means to be united to Christ, what it means to actually be defined by his perfection and not my imperfection. And since that was something that was so devotionally important to me, um, I, I thought and I, and, I, and I still think and I do pray that it would be important and um, meaningful to others. Oh, that's very good. Um, I love this uh, idea, um, which is really basic to the Christian faith, of union with Christ. And since that's the first chapter in your book, Union with Him, what comes to your mind as you think about this fact that we are united with the Lord Jesus Christ? I think that it really doesn't get uh, any better than that. The gospel really is our union to Jesus. And so what comes to, to my mind when I think about union with Christ is, is this, is this idea of the, uh, well, what older theologians love to call the, the glorious exchange. Um, that idea that everything that is Christ becomes mine, all of his merits, all of his righteousness, all of his perfections, all of his blessings, they become mine and all of my imperfections and my unrighteousness, those things that I've demerited from God, cursings that I deserve, uh, my sin and the punishment for sin, he takes on. He takes it on his life and, and in particular in his death on the cross. And so this is the heart of the gospel, that, that um, the death that should be mine is, is his, and the life that is rightfully his, he graciously shares with us. So I think of the gospel, you know, when I think of union with Christ, I, I don't think of it as an abstract theological concept um, or something that's just for uh, theologians to, to debate about or to write big books about. Again, that's why I've written just a very short and simple book on it, uh, because I think it really is as, it's, it's foundational as, as this. Uh, it, it is what it means to be saved. Yeah, oh, that's good. Uh, Today we're talking with Pastor Jonathan Cruz, and he's author of the new book, The Christian's True Identity, What It Means to Be in Christ. And maybe you're a listener just coming across this program today and just happened to tune our way, and uh, maybe you've wondered, what what is this all about? Um, You know, what are these Christians? And there's a lot of variety of them. I don't know what to think, and this would be a great great help to uh, get this book and read about it. Um, Something people tend to trip over, I think, because it's often misrepresented, is the second chapter in your book, Chosen in Him. And for for me personally, in this doctrine, I find tremendous comfort, uh, because I realize that He was the one that went seeking for me. He was the one who who quickened me and awakened me so that I willingly came to him. And it's just a wonderful, wonderful thing. It's based on relationship. And I'm probably um, saying too much, but can you share with us uh, what you think about as you as you wrote this chapter, Chosen in Him? 
Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, when we're talking about being chosen in Christ, we are talking about the um, that, <laughs> that seemingly foreboding doctrine of election or predestination, which, as you said, can, can trip many people up. Um, but what I sought to lay out in this chapter is that it is actually uh, a doctrine of great comfort and uh, assurance for us, because um, if it were not for the fact that God chose us, we would never choose him. And not only that, uh, what, what the chapter seeks to show is that he chose us not because of anything that we have done. He, he, he did not choose us. He did not save us, as Titus talks about, Titus chapter 3, because of works done by us in righteousness. But he chose us according to his own mercy, and that mercy is expressed in in sending his son in our place. So here we come again to this idea of union with Christ. What does it have to do with the doctrine of election? The doctrine of election, union with Christ go hand in hand because he chose us in Christ. Christ came and, and became for us everything that would be pleasing to the father, everything that would, would make the father say, I choose him. Uh, he was perfect in our place. And so when the father looks upon the son uh, he he sees everything uh, that is worthy of being chosen. Um, and, and so there's nothing worthy in us. <laughs> and so we need to understand that because if we are just in our in ourselves, in our sin, we will not be chosen by God. God only chooses what is best. And that's how I kind of structured the, the opening of this chapter that, that, you know, when we're making decisions as humans, we always kind of abide by this very simple principle. We just choose what is best. It's it's not that complicated, right? When we uh, go to the store, we, 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 or we're you know, grocery shopping, we, we pick the best fruit. Uh, and when we're putting on our outfit, we choose what looks best. When we're driving to work, we take the best route there. And so we need to recognize God also abides by that basic principle. He chooses what is best. And the reason then he chose us is not because of what we've done, because we've done nothing that could be considered good or certainly nothing that is the best. Rather, he chose his son, who is the best in every sense of the word. And so when we are in him, God can still abide by that basic principle of choosing what is good, what is true, what is beautiful, what is right, what is best. He selected us in his son the son with whom he's, he's well-pleased. And so, so election tells us that, that we're loved, that we matter, but it's not because we have earned that love or we've merited it. It's because we're in Jesus Christ, uh, who is the perfectly pleasing son to the Father. Yeah, that's very helpful. Somebody might say, well, that's just too good to be true. How on earth could he possibly... Um, and this gets to the next chapter... Uh, pardon me, because I've committed so many sins. You know, at, at some point, uh, we don't have a, a feeling, a consciousness of our sins, but then the Holy Spirit awakens our hearts and we realize what a sinner we are. And then, and then we say, well, how could he possibly forgive that? And this gets us to the third chapter of your book, and we're talking today with Pastor Jonathan Cruz. He's written the book, The Christian's True Identity. And this third chapter, Pardoned in Him. Can you describe that just a little bit? Uh, sure, yeah. Well, so this chapter is, is kind of actually uh, part one of two. Um, 
so the, the book is loosely structured around um, the what's known in theology as the ordo salutis, um, which is just a Latin phrase for the the logical order of salvation. That, that is the the way in which God applies the benefits of salvation uh, to to the elect. And so we begin with the idea of election, and um, after uh, election. We're talking now about justification. Justification, there's there's kind of a twofold aspect to it. First, God pardons all of our sins. So that's chapter 3. And then he declares us righteous, which is the following chapter. So here are two chapters on justification. And, and the, the main idea here in, in, in what it means to be pardoned in Christ is taken from Romans chapter 8. I mentioned earlier, there's therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And, and the simple truth of this this uh, doctrine, uh, how we can be forgiven, is we need to come to the recognition that it's not as though that verse says there is no condemnation, period, full stop, that God just throws out um, any and all conceptions of, of justice or, or punishment or judgment upon sin, because that's not what it says. It says there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ. Um, and so if we are outside of Christ, we can fully expect the full brunt of God's of God's judgment, of the condemnation for sin that we deserve. But the reason that we can be pardoned if we're Christians, the, reasons we are, the reason we are pardoned is because Christ stood in our place and, and he hung on the cross and he received the condemnation that we deserve. So here, once again, we, we find um, how these, these, these small words in Christ are of, of eternal significance. If we are not in Christ, that means uh, we can fully expect God's wrath and a judgment for our sin. But the reason that we can be pardoned is because Christ took that for us. Yeah. This is a wonderful little book. Uh, the title is The Christian's True Identity, What It Means to Be in Christ. And again, uh, dear listener, perhaps you've just stumbled across this broadcast today and you're wondering yourself, what on earth does it mean? And I've known some Christians that's really disappointed me and uh, they either they didn't live up to the gospel or they judged me or whatever. Uh, please don't be disappointed. Look to Christ. And uh, this book is all about the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, he does something wonderful for us as children, and it's it's contained in your fifth chapter. Can you describe that? Yeah, the, the wonderful thing that he does is that he makes us children, and he calls us children. <laughs> um the fifth chapter is, is on adoption, that we are adopted in him, um, which is a, a, a doctrine that we, we find throughout the scriptures, and in particular the New Testament, although I use as the jumping off point in this chapter, a beautiful verse from Galatians chapter 3, that you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. Again, we put our faith in the person of Jesus Christ, and we are united to him by the Holy Spirit. So the Spirit draws us in, to receive what is Christ. And, and one of the things that, that belongs to Christ is that title, Son of God. Um, the difference between our relationship to God and, and, and the Father and the, the Son's relationship to God the Father is that He is the, the Son of God um, by nature, uh, in, in His essence and in His being, eternally begotten of the Father. Uh, he is the Son of God. However, we are sons of God, not by nature, but by grace, uh, through faith 
in Christ, the Spirit brings us into the family of God so that we can cry out to God, as Paul later writes, uh, Abba, Father. We can, we can have that, that, that intimate relationship uh, that, that the Son knows. Uh, he doesn't hoard that to himself. He, 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 it's as though he, he opens up the door to the house and says, come on in, receive the benefits and all the blessings of being part of this family along with me. Yeah, that's good. Um, your book is, I haven't mentioned it yet, but it's available from Reformation Heritage Books. Uh, now, they're a smaller publisher, and I believe it's uh, headed up by Joel Beakey. We had interviewed him once. He's a hard guy to get a hold of to interview. And, uh, <laughs> Busy guy. Yeah, he's a great guy. And um, there's a subheading under Reformation Heritage Books. If you go to their website, uh, it's just found at heritagebooks.org, and it says glorifying God through the publication and distribution of Puritan and Reformed literature. So that's a it's a great little treasure trove out there on the on the internet. You can. Look them up, and uh, one of the books they offer for pre-order, this is a brand new book, is The Christian's True Identity by Jonathan Landry Cruz, and we have him on the phone line today. Now, Jonathan, we have uh, maybe five minutes left, six minutes, so uh, I, um, I'm going to ask if we can speed it up a little bit. It's me that's going slow, not you. Um, maybe you can cover the rest of the chapters. Uh, which, which one is next that we need to talk about? After uh, adoption, I, I take a chapter on uh, kind of actually uh, stepping outside of the, the order of salvation, and I talk about what it means to be not only united to Christ, but united to Christians as well, and that we are one in Him. Uh, which is a beautiful truth of, of the Scripture, that, that there are no Lone Ranger Christians out there, but that when we are drawn into Christ by the Holy Spirit, we are drawn in also uh, to everyone else who has been united to Christ. And so I try to draw out the implications of what it means to be the body of Christ. You know, um, I'm just going to jump in here. That That's a wonderful theme, um, because uh, some people come from broken homes, broken families. Uh, they may not even know who their daddy is or their mommy. Uh, they yeah. they may have like a totally broken home, but when you become a Christian, God wants you to uh, join ranks with your brothers and sisters in Christ and become a member of a local church, and that it has tremendous blessing. Absolutely, yes. Um, uh, we we can't neglect uh, the command uh, to be a part of uh, the visible manifestation of Christ's body here on uh. earth, uh, to be part of the church. And it's it's not something that we should do uh, begrudgingly. It's it's of great <laughs> it's of great benefit to us, and we will only be blessed by it. Yeah, it'll bring great joy to your heart. How about new in Him? What's behind that? Well, that's that's an idea of sanctification, and that. Um, I, I title it New in Him because, really, I think that, that gets at the idea of sanctification, which is uh, putting to death what is old in us, putting to death the old man, as Paul talks about, and bringing to life the new man in Jesus Christ. And so um, to be new in Jesus means that, that uh, we are part, we are right now, currently, in the here and now, we are part of that world to come, the new heavens and the new earth, by the down payment of the Holy Spirit. Uh, we have... 
an aspect of what is to come right now already. And, mm. and so we want to live that out in our sanctification. Yeah. Now, as we're living that out, we're going to trip up now and then, but hopefully God is perfecting us over time and uh, we come to reflect him better and better. Um, during that time of our pilgrimage here on earth, um, maybe we sometimes will feel like, oh, I, I'm a terrible Christian. Some people might even say, well, I'm not a Christian anymore. Your next chapter is secure in him. Can you describe that? Yeah, that's that's the wonderful truth of uh, perseverance, or also known as uh, preservation, the idea that... Um, once you're a Christian, you're always a Christian, and um, none that come to Jesus will ever fall away. And this is because, um, again, we are in Christ, and he never loses any of his own. And so all the benefits that, that have been established so far in the book, uh, we can know belong to us and will always belong to us because we are kept secure in Jesus Christ. Amen. And what about alive in him? Uh, there there I, I talk about how being in Christ really means being alive. And I take this in several ways. Well, when we put our faith in Jesus Christ, we're, we have a new birth, right? We're regenerating. We, we have spiritual life. Uh, so that, that that is in one sense in which we're alive in him. But also uh, he offers us eternal life, so that when, when we close our eyes on this world, we will open them up in the next world. And so to be in Christ means that, that um, life for us will go on uh, in, in eternal blessedness in heaven. And so there is the hope of heaven for those who are, are in Christ, and, and not just the hope of heaven, but the hope of the new heavens and the new earth at the second coming, when Jesus Christ uh, returns and he ushers in the, the, the new world, uh, with him, that's when we will be, uh, those of us who have who have already uh, gone on and who have already died, will be reunited with perfected bodies. So the, the chapter kind of, it, it, it's it's kind of one of those, wait, there's more, you know. That, yes, we come alive when we put our faith in Christ, but wait, when when, when we die in this life, uh, we're, we're brought alive in the next, and wait, there's, there's still more when the new heavens and the new earth are ushered in. Uh, then we will know life in the fullest. That's what we call glorification. Oh, yeah. Um, the glorification doesn't happen in heaven. We think about that in the intermediate state. You know, when we die, we go to heaven and our souls are perfected, but we still don't have yet that union with our bodies, which That's is still true. remaining in the grave. And so glorification is that final grand moment when we will finally be reunited, made perfect, not just in our souls, but also in our bodies, and we will live forever with our gracious God and Savior. Yeah, amen, amen. And finally, communion with him. Yeah, this, this final chapter, I, I, I sought to, to try to um, give some ways in which we can grow in our union with Christ, which we would call then communion with Christ, how we can continue to, to um, uh, commune with him or to, to grow in him. And so you know, one of the verses I quote is Colossians chapter 2, which says, as you have received Christ Jesus, so continue to walk in him. So it's this idea of how do we live out, our, you know, how do, we, how do we walk this Christian life now that we've been united? And, and again, I bring it back to life in the local church where God has established his means of grace, the, those, 
those ways in which he, he communicates to us the blessings of our union with Christ, the preaching of the word, administration, of sacraments, and prayer. And so encourage, uh, encourage your listeners uh, uh, to, to be in church <laughs> uh, because that is where we come to a deeper and, and indeed a more uh, fulfilling um, communion with Christ and, and we'll have our identity in him more firmly impressed upon our hearts. Yes, amen. Uh, this is great. Today we've been talking with Pastor Jonathan Landry Cruz, and uh, he serves as pastor of Community Presbyterian Church in Kalamazoo, Michigan, but he's also going to be in the Southern Maryland area uh, pretty soon, I believe, at Ed Cathy's Church, Grace and Peace Presbyterian Church. And uh, Jonathan, when when is that date? Do you know? Uh, yeah, we'll be heading out to Maryland the second weekend of November. And so, yeah, if anybody is in the greater California, Maryland area, D.C. area, I encourage them to come out Saturday, November 9th at 9 o'clock. Um, I'll be giving a, a small uh, seminar, mini-conference in the morning, just um, two and a half hours or so. Uh, going through the the different chapters in this book and the implications of it. So, yeah, I would encourage anybody on November 9th at uh, 9 o'clock to head over to Grace and Peace, which is in uh, California, Maryland, uh, just off of Benswood Road. Yeah, that's right. And um, if you need some information, dear listener, about that event, just email us here at the station. We're at ministry at redeemerbroadcasting.org. And Jonathan, we've run out of time already. It went quick. Any last word that you'd like to share with our listener? I just want to uh, encourage them to uh, remember the benefits and the blessings that are theirs uh, when they are in Christ. Really, it, it doesn't get more simple, but also more profound than than this, that the gospel is about um, being in Jesus. Oh, amen. And dear listener, thank you for joining us today for another edition of A Plain Answer, and please join us next week at the same time. Jonathan, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me.